Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast, funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for the Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. I'm Kikita Kaori. And we are also going to introduce our guest for today, who is Shannon, who um, has some experience with the topic we're going to be discussing. Because today is largely an all-news episode. All-news thing. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, before we go into the main news, I will just mention that there is some other news that relates to Legend of the Five Rings, which is actually quite good in that there's a merch store now for Legend of the Five Rings merchandise, which I think is a good thing. So you can declare your love for your various clans in all sorts of different forms, including mugs and tote bags and all sorts. So that's neat. But, that but that's unfortunately- not the news we're going to be discussing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that unfortunately was the only L5R news from the Gen Con in-flight report uh, made by Fantasy Flight Games. And there's no in-flight report I've heard from Edge. So um, we don't have any other news that was made at that. However, earlier this week from Asmadi, we got a press release thing indicating that they are creating a new a new item for the role-playing game called Adventures in Rokugan. And I will read the blurb for it here. And then we can talk about it because this causes a lot of chaos and worry in the community. It is. Adventures in Rokugan brings the famous setting of Legend of the Five Rings to the ever-popular rule set of the 5th edition SRD. That's Dungeons and Dragons. Players can explore this rich setting in a whole new light. And adaptions of these popular rules promise to engage both old and new fans. Take on the role of mighty warriors, cunning shigenjas, powerful ritualists, or well-spoken courtiers as you delve into the mysteries and dangers of the Emerald Empire. From Edge Studio. So this was a bomb dropped. (laughs) Not that long afterwards... Sam Gregor Stewart, who I believe is the product lead on L5R. I'm not, it's one of those, I'm not quite sure what the precise job title is. Um, On the Discord, as Cole Jackson said the following Hi, everyone. I just wanted to pop in and reassure people that Adventures in Rockigan is not replacing Legend of the Five Rings, the role playing game. It is a separate project. We're looking forward to bringing you more quality L5R content for our existing game line just as much as we're looking forward to telling you more about Adventures of Rock Gang in the future. Right. So just to <laughs> just to give people a, a little context and we'll we'll and why we want to talk to Shannon about this and other things is that in I believe second edition 2.5 it was second second edition, possibly second edition, revised of Legend of the Five Rings, but it was third edition D&D. Which is when they came out with the concept of the system reference document and the D20 rule set, um, which at the time was really innovative. It was. It was, yeah. Okay, so just a, a little quick history on me. Uh, I was actually a game designer during the initial D20 uh, third edition SRD world. 
I'm actually also a market analyst by trade. So <laughs> I, I think in terms of numbers and how this all works together. And I was actually around when third edition D&D released their Oriental Adventures book, which had Rokugan embedded in it. And then AEG produced a number of supplements that were dual purpose supplements. So they had the second edition rules and third edition D&D rules for the same things. And that created some confusion, right? Because there were things you were expecting from third edition rules and there were things you were expecting from second edition books and they were not quite the same things. But one of the things we have to think about here is that that was also a much, much smaller market, right? So the the old joke in uh, gaming is that if you want to make a million dollars in gaming, you need to start with two, right? (laughs) And so I did a little quick numbers crunching. At the time, in around 2000, let's say that the tabletop RPG market was maybe three to five million dollars in the U.S. Now it's about a hundred million and about 500 million kind of worldwide. So just to start off with from an industry, it's very different, right? I mean, why, why do I say that? If you can imagine what it was like, right? For the first time, you could publish D&D and not be TSR or WotC. Like, really? You could publish it. And people did. Goodness knows I did. I worked for Mongoose. Oh, it was, it was massive at the time. Yeah, this was back in t- 2000. It was a huge deal because a lot of companies were able to now produce stuff that pretty much everybody could use. It was a huge thing. But there were way more of us writing than there were people buying. (laughs) Right? Remember what I just said about the numbers? Just to start off with, ignoring some of the other perceptual stuff, which we can talk about too, the reality is there were way too many people publishing into that market. And to some extent, the Rokugan translation got caught up in that, right? Back in 2000. Back in 2000. Back in 2000. Right. It's a much bigger market. There's more people buying. There's less likelihood of accidentally cannibalizing something. It's not, it, that's still not a huge market, right? I mean, there are software companies that are bigger than that. It, that's, that's, it's much, much bigger than it used to be, just to start off with. The second thing to think about here is that they're not talking about doing what they did with Oriental Adventures. So Oriental Adventures, I, I, I can go on and on and on about it, but the reality is the book, try, the book, the original book, right, back in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, tried to do too much. It tried to take the entire Asian world, compress it to Hong Kong action movies and Godzilla movies. And about five character classes. And about five character classes, yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. And so the third edition is still in that line and then adds Rokugan into it. If I could cut in just a step back, because what we're what we're doing here is starting to address and assuage people's fears before we ever mentioned like what their the what happened when this was announced it when this announcement dropped, the com- the response from the community was very negative, very concerned. They had that feeling, people who did sort of remember Oriental Adventures way back when considered it, as L5R players, a failure. I would argue that there are more than one reasons why they considered it a failure. They considered the Oriental Adventures part a failure and the L5R part 
a failure during that time and really are concerned that um, Edge is going to repeat the exact same mistake. And there's also this perception that if Edge can't even pull itself together to do its regular product releases, it's not been great about communicating, then if it does this, it's going to make things even worse on the regular product release line. Yeah. And the other fear was that this was the whole new direction for L5R. That was the worry. Because that in back in 2000, that really was what was going on. They really were trying to connect. It was, it, this was pretty much what it was going to be. So which is why you had to have Sam Gregor Stewart come on and say, actually, no, this is a separate thing. Because people were thinking, that's it. We're not going to get the remaining L5R books. We're not going to get rid of the wilds. We're not going to get a, a Scorpion book. We're not going to get a Unicorn book. That's it. It's all gone. It's all going to be 5th edition D&D. And uh, so, yeah, so we, I think those are the fears that we are trying to assuage here. And to some extent, I would argue um, that those fears are those are those you're, you're to some extent you're playing right the old the old story that happened, uh, but you're also recognizing something that is very true because let's talk. It's easy to beat up on D anD D, right? It's it's even fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we we can have a whole riff on that, but there is something that D anD D does really well, right? And that is that you can sit down. And in about 20 or 30 minutes, maybe an hour, if you have never done it before, you can make an iconic character. And that iconic character can go forth, right? You know who this character is. You know what they can do. And they can do iconic kinds of things. Your rogue can pop out of the shadows and stab somebody in the back. And they can do so in a flavorful way with the selection um, you know, at, thir- at first or third level of the, of the specializations. Um, and that is something that L5R has also been able to do, right? I can make a Crane Clan duelist, and now I'm an iconic character. I can make a Scorpion Shigenja, and I now have a, an iconic feel to this character. I know who this person is. Um, so certainly I, I understand the reaction. That's actually, <laughs> thank you, Jeannie, because we jumped right into the market's very different, right? The actual, the market's big enough now to where you could have both of these products running without any cannibalization at all. Uh, the people who want the unique rule set, who use that r- unique rule set to do very specifically Rokugani things, um, can have that. And the people, the other people, people who are kind of interested in it, but look at all the books and all the strange dice and all the, all of that complication can go, you know what? I just want to put together an iconic character and go hit somebody over the head. Okay. And I I think it's fascinating, actually, the classes that they did reveal, right? Because there's four classes they revealed in that opening segue. Ritualist, Shigenja, Samurai, and Courtier. And the ritualist actually is kind of interesting to me, right? I mean, I could speculate about what that is as a game designer. But what that implies is that they're going to be using the multi-classing system that comes built into the D20 SRD to allow people to build around these iconic ideas. So does that make any sense at all? Yeah, there's there's a certain amount of speculation given that we that we don't even know those are technically character classes or descriptions or what but you know it, 
this is all we have right now. I mean, I, what I what I am hoping now now that I am more confident that this isn't just the end of the FFG edition, and this is a separate thing. I think that the positive that can come out of this is more people interested in Rock Again the setting and Legend of the Five Rings as a whole, which I think can do nothing but good. You know, we, we have to acknowledge that there are loads of people who play Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's got the biggest market share by far. There are people for whom Dungeons and Dragons, and specifically the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons, that is role-playing. Right? They don't say I play a role-playing game, they say I play Dungeons and Dragons. And they're not going to learn a new system. Even, you know. L5R is quite a different system, but even if it was otherwise completely standard, there are people who just won't because they do D&D and that's what they do. And we can bring people from that group into rock again. And I think that is, that's got a huge potential. It, it does. Again, I do markets. I, I do market stuff. So I think in terms of market growth. So D&D grew 33% last year. D&D sales grew 33% last year. Okay, so if that was a software company, because I, you would think people would be buying that <laughs> software company as fast as they humanly could, right? For, if I just think about it from a business perspective, I want to get at those, I want to get into that high growth, I want to get at those folks, I want to get at those players. Uh, I want to get at those game masters, right? Because it's game masters who, are really, who really drive groups, right? And I want to present to them in a way that says, look, this is a really neat setting. This is really easy for you to run. And you can tell some very interesting and fun stories and have some fun adventures with your players here at our table together or on our Zoom link together or, you know. Can I give some examples that I ran into just today that was really interesting? So I was playing Heroes of Rokugan today with a very dedicated um, L5R player from 4th edition who can't play 5th edition because he has vision problems and can't use custom dice. There are accommodations and things that have been made for something like Dungeons & Dragons that can't be made for something that has custom dice. and Or, or at least is much harder, yeah. Yeah, so Dungeons and Dragons, if there's an accommodation that could be made for it, it would be made for it already. The other thing is well, we have uh, we have three kids, and they've been able to pick up and play 5th edition. In high school, Those they play 5th edition. Uh, in gaming clubs after school, that is a really big thing, and we have kids in, in that too, and we've got that in we know that's happening in multiple high schools in our area as a, as an after school activity. Um, they're all playing D and D. Yeah, well, and I actually taught <laughs> taught one of the one of my uh, daughter's friends how to game master last Sunday. Uh, but I also saw an advertisement for a game master for twenty five dollars an hour to run after school school games at the local schools. But they're, he's, they're not being asked to run just any game. They're being asked to run D&D, right? That goes back to that whole growth, right? What's driving that growth? There's more players than there are game masters. Um, so there's a huge number of players. There's an opportunity to offer a very different setting. And if they do it right, a different gameplay experience 
that still leverages the strengths of the D&D system. And they can then offer Rokugan is now the bridge where, to your point earlier, Kovar, Rokugan is now interesting to them, but they want to play a more tailored Rokugan L5R experience. Well, here it is. This is the game system we wrote to do Rokugani stories and campaigns, which fits it a little better than D&D, right? Because you can do more things that are very specific to the setting this way. But, you know, it's still Rokugan. Uh, and to Jeannie's point earlier, if you have a group that is has need some accommodations that you just can't do, or they already have D&D knowledge and they just want to try it, great. Let's use this Rokugan book. We're looking for something different than our standard medieval fantasy. Love it. Rather than Oriental Adventures, which really does do squish everything from all over Asia into one place uh, and say this is all of Asia, Rokugan, for all its faults and its little traces of other Asian countries, is one place. It's not. It never tries to be a huge mashup. It's it's one. It's one setting one country with an yeah so it, they don't have to say this is everything asian they could say this is rokugan and if they ever want to make a different kind of game set in uh china ming dynasty <laughs> wuxia they can do that as a different game system and it won't tread on rokugan's toes and and rokugan won't tread on its they aren't it isn't trying to be all Things Asia. As with all things, it's going to depend on how it's done exactly. But I think there's a, there is a lot of potential here. I think I think there's a there's a you know if you just use the artwork that has already been used for the FFG edition, and you put that in something in that's a system that people are familiar with, people are going to be attracted to it. It absolutely. I'll, I'll be honest from. The outside, because I, I enjoy L5R, right? And I, I do all kinds of stuff, but I'm not that deep into the community. My initial response on hearing this was great. Um, I wonder how many game stores who are desperately trying to find game masters to run games are going to be able to run this, right? Something different, just a little bit different. How many opportunities is this going to open up for different kinds of games in these high school where people are looking for different things to do. And with a generation of gamers who come from a very inclusive, very information-rich kind of a world where they, they're expecting, right, more than just, hi, let's redo um, Lord of the Rings again. And that's where you really want to think about this market. It isn't for us 40 to 50-year-old people <laughs> who played? <laughs> uh, um, it isn't for us. This is for high school students, and and they even say that Tyler goes on in there and says, "Well, I didn't work on this project. I was involved with its inception. This is not trying to replace L5R with D and D. Is bringing D and D to Rokugan Adventures gives you epic quests and heroes, not necessarily samurai drama and interclan intrigues. Therefore, it makes sense that it's not replacing the L5R RPG line. We wanted to expand L5R and Rokugan to a new audience." These high school students is what I'm thinking of. One who could get behind the new setting, but not a new rule set to tailored to them. So a high school student 
is perfectly happy to be, you know, picking up gaming or coming into it after maybe their first two campaigns in D&D base, right? To like take a look at this, play that, say this is cool. They can therefore go Google <laughs> and they can flesh out the world with Japanese stuff as much as we can so they can be making their own stories in this. And then as they start wanting these more complex intrigues and, and really you know, quick death situations that L5R can produce that people are so fond of, then they could do this. But this is, hi, uh, there's a giant monster attacking Rokugan and we have to fight it. Or I mean, these are these are these are things that maybe us jaded older L5R fans find a little juvenile because it's not using the full potential of L5R. But the, there has never been anything against writing that epic campaign in L5R. It works super well. It's even better in some ways because an, an epic reason for adventuring is a great reason to have many clans working together. If we get a whole bunch of new L5R fans, people who are interested in the story and lore, that's new viewers for us, new listeners. And it's a continuation of something that we all enjoy and love. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally am more interested in the setting and the background and the lore than I am wed to any one game or any one system. I do hope it gets done well, I think is the main thing. Because there's a bunch of ways you could go badly wrong. And and I think that's the biggest fear that people have overall. I, I think if Edge had been super communicative about their development process for the things that are currently in the works, of putting out regular press releases, communicating with the community, uh, having announcements at Gen Con regarding the regular line, even if it's the one we know about that's supposedly been worked on for two years then this sort of thing would be taken uh, with less uh, concern. But that's not happened. So they have seriously dropped the ball in communicating with their existing audience. And, and we just can't really get around to that. But that said, the existence of this product itself doesn't mean that the other line dies. It's not a zero-sum game. It's two different teams as we understand it right now. So... It's two different teams and two different segments of a much larger market than what we were experiencing when we last tried this, <laughs> right? Um, and we're also, we're fairly far into the 5e design cycle, right? It's not like they were trying to do this when 5e just came out. Um, we've got a much better handle now on what you can do and can't do with fifth edition. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. And I am very much waiting and looking and seeing, but this is a very short episode that we wanted to give you today. We haven't done a lot of big background research for it. Gen Con is going on this week, so we don't have a whole lot of time, but we wanted to share this with you and, and talk with you about it uh, so you kind of have, have some perspective. And, at, you know, you don't have to be super enthusiastic, no one's saying that, but, but try and just take a deep breath, wait and see what happens before you diagnose the end of the world or anything else is probably a, a safe bet. But thank you for coming on, Shannon. 
love to hear you talking about the market and how much more huge it is than it used to be. <laughs> Twenty. It's funny that uh, a lot of things have happened since then. And um, <laughs> and uh, what's going on in schools and, and so forth that people might not be aware of, you know, especially in our own little rarefied niche quarter of the RPG universe. I, I look forward to uh, pulling down my uh, D&D Beyond mod and, and making my uh, Kikita Duelist there. I don't think we have anything else. We'll find out more if there's after Gen Con. We will. If there's more information, we'll let you know. Thank you very much. I wanted to give a call out to our sister podcasts and Patreons. Fortune and Strife, our affiliated actual play podcast, as well as our friends at D20 Radio. We wanted to give a couple shout outs to Robert C. And Philip B., uh, Combat Medic Bushi, for sponsoring our Patreon. Thank you both and all of our Patreons for keeping us on the air. Thank you. Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon, which supports our podcast editing costs and hosting costs, as well as our website costs. And at courtgamespod.com, our website, you can find and also store longer-term information. So we've got forums on there. We've got articles on various aspects of Legend of the Five Rings, RPG tools, summaries of our podcasts, and a whole lot more. For our patrons in particular, we have special bonus content like Adventure Seeds and early access to our actual play podcasts and more. Online, you can find us at our website, courtgamespod.com. On Twitter, we are twitter.com slash courtgamespod. And we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames. But that's it for us this week. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I have been Korva. Until we meet again, keep your jade handy. Radio, where gamers roll.